This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. What's up, Truth Seekers? Welcome back to the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch and review every last episode of The X-Files. Every episode? Every episode. Including the one where they jump the shark? I actually named the episode Jump the Shark. They jump the shark a couple of times, like, a lot. It's like they come back, bro, they come back, they tread some water. It's like, oh, it's all right, it's all right, nope, jump it again. It's like... They, they turn the tru- jumping the shark into an Olympic fucking sport is what you're trying yes. to say. Yeah, pretty much. And it's not like when uh, Harry Winkler jumps the shark in Arrested Development, which was funny. No, it's like, fuck you. We'll do this. Today on the program, uh, horrible abuse of the mentally of, of the developmentally disabled. <laughs> people with <laughs> developmental disabilities. We are going to use people first language. <sighs> This is going to be a rough one, folks. First one Strap that drops it. the R word gets a paddle. Dude, you're already offending me. It's, I don't even know what, I, what to do with you, Todd. There is not enough Just, like, even rum know. in the world for me to like this episode. Mm. So, hi, I'm Todd. I'll be, I'm usually the master <laughs> of ceremonies around here. And um, uh, over there by the, by the table with the coffee and donuts is Shannon. She helps me out a lot. I, I really just, I, no, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm sorry. And uh, here that's been uh, handing out flyers is uh, Marissa. People keep throwing them away. And, Why? Uh, Val- <laughs> well, pick them out of the trash <laughs> and give them to other people. And <sighs> Valentine Strand coming from the support group here. Tibby. Oh, uh, no. Vanya oh, you get a paddling. Is- <laughs> it's a paddling. That's <laughs> a paddling. Yeah, it, the R word gets used. It's a paddling. Uh we send our w- fondest wishes out to Vanya as uh, we hope that she can escape in time for the season one recap. Yeah, I, I've i been smashing all of her message in a bottles. Well, you know, uh, I think that eventually she'll chew through those leather straps. <laughs> oh, but will she get past the, uh, the bear dogs? All right. This episode <laughs> is called Roland. And it is uh, episode 23 of season one. It was roll, 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 written roll, roll, by what? Chris Rupperenthal. Rupperenthal? Rupperenthal. Ruhifnal. That dude. Ruhifnal, which would explain so much. Chris Rufy, and directed by <laughs> David Nutter. Him again. <laughs> These guys. He's our favorite. Guys. <laughs> oh my God, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, tell us uh, about this one. Go ahead. It originally aired on May 6th of 1994 to uh, Nielsen household rating of 7.9 with 14 share, meaning in the U.S. roughly 7.9% of all television-equipped households and 14% of households watching television were tuned into this episode, and it was viewed by 7.4 million households. And just before we get started with this one... Let's avoid a couple of words. Let's try to avoid some words here. <laughs> like, say, retard. Ah, Wa- you did it. Waterhead. <laughs> what? I've never heard that one before. Uh, I one? don't feel like so offensive th- as shit. I-, I don't feel like that's one we're going to have to worry about too much. Because none of us are Larry the Caber guy. Is this a personal list you got going <laughs> here? You're making me think of all the awful <laughs> words for it. Come on. <laughs> oh, wow. David Nutter did so many episodes. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
so this is a monster of the week episode. Uh, Ugh. The last one of the season. Don't don't call him a monster, yeah. Todd. I, I thought I, we just went over can this. We, like, can we maybe is... refer to the head in the cryo as the monster here? <laughs> He's the monster? Yeah. Shut up. You saw what he was doing to his own brother, right? We'll get to that in a minute here. Okay. A research lab in Colson, Washington. A janitor named Roland Fuller is trying to navigate the task of open, opening a door with a key card when he has hyperspasticity. When the most assholish doctor ever in the history of ever comes up and tries to, like, outbrain a mentally challenged person, he grabs a card and he's like, see here, how easy is it? Jeez. I want to know come on, what. Come on, dude. Well, one. First off, like, okay, this guy's a shithead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I instantly. Like, why not just open the door and be like, oh, here you go. I got it for you, bud. Like, yeah. what the fuck, yeah, dude? Yeah, one, I want to slap the taste out of that doctor's mouth. Two, who the fuck gave him a two-step card that was too complicated for him? Who is that mean? Like, oh yeah, give him this, get, give him this, and and we'll see what's going and and see how he works here. We'll see how deep he gets. Yeah, and that's I, how and that's how far he can sweep. Yeah, like it's so the um uh, the charming scientist we meet is Doctor Keats, who gives him like some serious business over this whole over the key card thing. Keats enters the room uh, with his colleagues Frank Nolette and Ronald Simao. And they are arguing over a prototype jet engine that they're hoping will break Mach 15 or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. It It's some ridiculous thing that's never going to work in the real world. Yeah, they're, they're arguing about how they need to, to meet the mark for their investors. And the guy's like, not my baby. Not my baby. Can't do it to my baby. She's not. She can't meet it yet. <sighs> yeah. Why aren't they? Why are they not working for Lockheed Martin? <sighs> why are they at like a third tier school? And this is the least of my problems with this episode. All right, Samuel is unwilling to unrisk damaging the prototype, uh, trying to push it to Mach 15. Keats and Nolette angry leave, and Samuel enters the facility's wind tunnel to make adjustments. And this is where we get the goodwill hunting scene. I think it is important to know that the name of this project is Project Icarus. <laughs> Roland enters to do his cleaning while Cernow is in the uh, test chamber, you know, adjusting the turbines and what have you. Meanwhile, Roland looks at the various equations that are written on the whiteboard, wipes out the last line of equations, and begins writing science on there himself. Writing science. He writes science. He writes science. He starts doing science, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Math. Roland then activates the turbines. So Cernow is in the wind tunnel, and there's this shot of him of, of him flying across the wind tunnel, in, in like almost like a cartoon. It like needs like it's like, like, like these Looney it. Tunes. It's like it needs Looney Tunes sound effects. Like the question of he's in there fucking with the engine. Why can't he put in a command to kill the engine? Like why is there not a why is there not a, a, a an emergency shutoff inside the chamber? There wouldn't be an episode. <laughs> okay, I guess there's not an episode. It's like you know. They couldn't afford escape keys on their keyboards. Oh my god! Yeah, it reminds me of the scene from Willy Wonka when they when they drink the the fizzy lifting oh, yeah. soda. <laughs> it just it, I feel like it needed some Looney Tunes sound effects for that scene. Whoop 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 whoop. <laughs> dun 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 dun. dun. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, the doctor, uh, <laughs> Dr. Sermel gets completely and totally pureed by the jet engine. Yeah, that's that pisses me off. You see him go flying by, he gets sucked into the engine, right? There's no splatter. There's no, like, rain of blood that, that we, we, we are owed this rain of just, like, splat. That was so disappointing, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, guys, 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 we've talked about this. We just don't have room in the budget for good effects. Not even but, one hair chunk. No, great... <laughs> This thing is able to grate a human body, but it's not able to withstand the wind pressure of, of Mach 15. Like, it just destroyed physical matter, and you're saying it's... Okay, but they continue using it, right? Right. Uh, but they're going to keep working on this shit, too. No. It's like when the guy has out, to clean it. I guess, like... I, I guess yeah, they have to the send Roland in to clean it off. On the other side of the... If the splatter could be on the other side of the engine, wouldn't it be, or...? I no, guess. because it's projectile. But it's projectile, because if the wind... Well, no, I guess you're right, because if it's a vacuum effect, then it I mean, would you're going to get some arterial spray around the around the mouth of it but that's gonna be a lot of like flesh clung to the blades that roland's gonna be picking off yeah that's the thing that's <laughs> like the someone's, gonna be, part of that. someone's gonna be telling him not to put it in his mouth and it's gonna be a whole issue oh god <laughs> opening theme we're gonna get up to toronto we're gonna go to that choir 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 thing it's gonna be great <laughs> I was just going to say, me and you, we just harmonized right there. Can we all suck helium once and do it? (laughs) Uh, That would be awesome. Yes. I think you just pitch shift us and we could deal not with the gas. Well, yes, because helium is ultimately toxic, but anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Mulder and Scully show up, which should be just pretty much a straight up accident or possible revenge killing. (laughs) Well, it is a state school and therefore, I don't know. I... I can't even justify it in the thinnest of exp- explanations here. Apparently, this um, uh, another researcher on this project had died mysteriously months beforehand. And how did he die? Do they discuss the death of uh, Arthur? Arthur Garble? Um, yeah, Arthur Grable. I who... think they said he died in a in an automobile accident. Yeah, he is decapitated in an automobile accident. This is somehow important. Scully is believes this to be a case of industrial espionage, because apparently a lot of people want that fucking Mach 15 jet engine. Including the Libyans who sold the uranium to Doc Brown. Right. <laughs> of course. That makes sense. Uh, looking at the whiteboard, Mulder puts his forensic skills to work and recognizes that the uh, equations had been done by at least four different people. <laughs> because he, I don't know how, how does he do this? Well, it's the handwriting thing. I, I could, I could believe this. I'm looking at that scene right now and the handwriting is kind of drastically different. It is completely different, but it's like, how is Mulder like? But that means a fourth individual had to be present and there was a three man team as we saw. Oh, right. And it's like the only other person was. <sighs> the only other person in the building was Roland Fuller, but they don't believe him to be incapable of murder or apparently science. Yeah, this this gets into some some weird notions of savantism, and I I don't know about that. Mm. Well, they still got to interview Roland, and so they go to the um, and they immediately violate his civil rights. Ah, oh. they go to the uh, care home where <laughs> Roland lives with um uh, one other intellectually disabled person. Why does it seem like they're the only two disabled people living in that entire huge house? It, they wouldn't be. Um, 
if it is a state-run sort of thing, now granted, I'm not entirely sure with Washington State, that's not where I've worked, in a house that big, you'd have at least three or four other people. And there's just a lot of weird, like, I, I get some squicks. I was going to say, I've seen a house smaller than that with four people in it. Yeah, like and four it's grown so you can maximize. People. And the idea is that a built-in community is also very uh, helpful here. Of course, if one of those guys goes off the whole, uh, it goes down like dominoes. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's not actually making a joke. He is 100% serious on that one. Um, we only actually ever see two of the intellectually disabled people there. Him and a girl who is kind of his girlfriend and I like that they were left alone to do arts and crafts. I worked in a very similar situation. No, cuz aren't they very uh hypersexualized? Like you got to constantly like peel them apart. Uh they are not so much hyperly sexualized. It is just there is no concept of appropriate. <sighs> so think of someone with an adult sex drive but a child's mindset. So the uncomfortable truth is, yeah, those two are fucking. Enjoy that. Bow chicka bow wow. Brown chicken brown cow. <laughs> okay. They gently question him about the night of the murder and where he says he didn't remember seeing anything out of the ordinary. He inadvertently reveals his mathematical prowess by rapidly counting the star designs visible on Scully's blouse. Yeah, this is where we got into that weird conversation about savantism, which doesn't actually... Right, where, where Mulder uh, verifies, he's like, yep, I already counted those. Like, I've had hours <laughs> to count those. Now, here's the thing here. Savantism <laughs> is associated with autism, correct? Yeah, it primarily you will find with savantism, if there's a comorbidity, which means that they exist at the same time, I'm using big words. Um, it's incredibly rare. It's a 1%... And it's like even less, but primarily you would find it with autism or someone on the autism spectrum. But hyperspasticity and the way this guy walks and moves would suggest cerebral palsy. Yes. Hyperspasticity, the speech impediment, and the retardation. Oh, just use the hard word. Oh, uh, uh, Could he uh, have both? Take a shot. Uh, Did something bad just happen? Uh, you were just talking about a mental condition with the appropriate. Thank you. Uh, this is true. Dic dictatorial uh, terms. That's true. But Would be. Is it possible for him to have both conditions at the same time? It is, but not. Because he didn't seem like he had Down syndrome, which is what the other uh, females seem to have had. You would have actually noticed because there's features. Uh, there are Down syndrome features. It's like I think I put in my note. It's like it's just like they couldn't decide, so they just were like general retardation so uh but primarily no because the parts of your brain that would have that would ultimately be uh dead with cerebral palsy because what happens is there's a lack of oxygen oh yeah. okay okay so na, 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 na. How, however his ha his handwriting skills do not match the fourth sample taken from the whiteboard Roland then experiences a violent vision and has a serious freak out. <laughs> and then the lady comes in like, what did you do, you monsters? And it, the, which brings the question is, why did she leave the, uh, leave the why FBI? Why did she leave him alone? Why would you leave? You have power of attorney. You need to be present if they're being questioned, right? Let us just assume that this woman is his legal guardian. By the federal standard of law, if you are taking care of a diminished person, you need to be present like a parent would be for an underage 
person who's being questioned by authorities. Why she didn't do that, I have no idea. She likes some paychecks. Likes her. Uh, she likes her stories. Yeah. So yeah, it's like grandma went off to watch her stories. I will say that that is probably the most gentle fit I've ever seen, because uh, I am amazed that he didn't just haul off and punch Mulder. Right. Yeah. Like that. He, he's an adult with adult muscles. You know. Yeah. That's the thing is that it's just one arm would be stronger, and I'm amazed he didn't do it. I. It's Got like that mopping arm. Yeah. It's all built up working at the <laughs> at the three up factory. <laughs> uh, later that night, Roland has another vision where he sees someone killing Keats, and he shows up at the lab and murders Keats himself by submerging his head in a tank of liquid nitrogen, and then breaking him apart like the T one thousand. Yeah, <laughs> Keats's frozen body is left to shatter as Roland begins typing at one of the computers. Would that actually happen in real life? Did anyone ever cover this? Could you, would it would you know a body like shatter like the T one thousand? Yes, it, if it's cold if enough, you froze if it's long frozen enough, solid yeah. and, and it's dropped in the, or hit the right way, it will crack or fall apart. It actually happens in space too. Yeah, but you couldn't like you couldn't like flash freeze someone. No, it if would you tried to do longer. that with the watermelon, you wouldn't freeze the middle of the watermelon until long after it was submerged. So I think the same would happen with the human head. You know, yeah, like there's a lot there for, of mass you'd have to be to in there for a while. You'd have to like yeah. Then what happens is the surface is going to shatter. His head wouldn't have completely yeah yeah like, like it would crack off, but you would still have like ooze out then oh this is cool to think about (laughs) (laughs) why didn't mythbusters ever do this has anybody seen jason space or was it jason x (laughs) yeah same same kind of kill same exact kill oh god uh the next day the agents noticed that the computer had been used for five hours after keats death and they couldn't get in because they didn't have the password and Mulder's like i'm usually good at this sort of thing so he types in password, password one. <laughs> Mulder uh, remembers number written on an art project from the previous day that Roland had done and types it in and it turns out that it works. Wonder of wonders. Holy shit, he stole like, this from- This is how I got into Scully's. Oh, wow. <laughs> the file turns out to be the uh, work of Arthur Grable, who had been work- worked on occasionally since his death. And uh, then we get into what exactly happened to Arthur Grable. Head in a wood chipper. Wait, no. Uh, Looking into Grable's background, it turns out Grable hired um, uh, Roland. Yeah, it, it gets a little bit weirder from there. And furthermore, Roland was on a first-name basis with Arthur with Arthur Grable. The, the initial thought is that Grable may have faked his death and is now killing his former colleagues and using Roland as a patsy. But the fact is that Grable's body is was never brought to the morgue, nor was a funeral ever held. But um, uh, Nolet knows exactly where Grable's body is because his body is being held two tubes down uh, from Walt Disney in the cri- in the uh, cryo freezer. <laughs> yeah, the cryo farm is my favorite. Um... It's actually called a neuropreservation facility where Grable's remains are being stored. If they ever, you know, to, to wait for the day find they a find cure. a cure for being decapitated in an auto accident. Oh, like that episode of The Simpsons where they freeze Mr. Burns <laughs> in the future. I know who I want to take. The day that we find the cure for 14 stab wounds to the back. How are we doing, boys? <laughs> We're up to 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's literally what I thought. Why aren't we watching The Simpsons? <laughs> We should do like a bonus episode every once in a while of The <laughs> Simpsons. Well, we should totally do the the Springfield Files. Like a pal- yeah, that's the, yeah. We should do the Springfield Files episode, but it actually has Mulder and Scully in it. Yeah, we'll get to that one as well. 
Well, I guess we could maybe save that for something like uh, paywall. Um, when a photo of Grable is found, the agents discover that he is Roland's identical twin brother. <laughs> oh, good so There's where that facial software comes in, guys. And it's literally oh, magic. Yeah. Like, it's some Harry Potter shit. Uh, Remove the beard and see what... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want, I want, uh, can you guys take a picture of me and like make me look like Gandalf, but like <laughs> with uh, a mullet and like balding <laughs> and, and a visor Gandalf with a visor. They, oh man. Y'all shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> trucker hat. We'll put a bit of trucker hat. Oh man. When, uh, they speak to Roland again, Mulder becomes convinced that the janitor is being periodically controlled by Grable. How? Uh, okay, no, he goes he goes into this theory like kind of wackadoodle. Uh, this theory gets kind of wackadoodle here because he believes that by having his brain frozen in that jar, that it's developing extrasensory abilities by being frozen. This is where he's explaining it to Roland, right? I don't know. I thought he was explaining it to Scully, right? I don't think Roland. Well, he eventually he eventually talks to Roland face to face about it, and then Roland says, "Who runs the controls?" And it's like, there's no way he just listened to all that and then responded with that. <laughs> it's uh, it, it is just sort of like okay. Okay, I, okay. Oh, right, in that really weird scene where he helps Roland get dressed, and it's like, why? No, 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 no. Like, it, that bothers me. Like, I, hmm. it bothers me. Uh, Nalette sneaks into the cryogenic facility and tampers with uh, Grable's tube. It's like, uh, the, uh, the, the facility managers call the agents who are now like, you know, get more fucking ice, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Roland returns to the lab and is in the process of pushing the prototype engine to the Mach 15 goal when Nalette enters. Uh, Nalette admits to stealing Grable's work and prepares to shoot Roland, but gets distracted by some science. Science! <laughs> and uh, they, no, Grable's actually speaks through Roland to him. You stole my work. Oh, <laughs> like in, yeah. Like, mm. it's, it's just, oh... This is where it's flashing between the image of the heat on the brain tank that's slowly rising as the, at the same time that they're showing the mock speed thing and they both, the meters are actually identical. Yeah. And they're playing on each other with this, with these scenes here for the attempting to finish his goal of his work as well as extinguishing his life and how much he was willing to sacrifice for it, I think. All right. Um... I went too deep. Sorry, no, this is just X Files. I, I think it's more accurately they just didn't have the money. <laughs> but uh, Roland uh, strikes it. Uh, Roland um, uh, knocks n knocks him out with a computer keyboard, which must have been one hell of a swing because those keyboards just disintegrated. Well, I mean, you're talking about mid '90s Apple. Things. Okay, yeah, all right. So that sort of so waffles him with the, the the thing and drags him into the wind tunnel to to Cuisinart him again. Not unlike you chopping an onion with our uh, ninja, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the agents arrive in time to convince Roland not to kill Nalette, but at the same time, the rising temperature in the storage unit kills Grable, uh, and thus uh, saving Nalette's pathetic, plagiarist life. Yeah, 
Why? Like Roland is removed from the care home and to be taken to a psychiatric institute for testing. I know it was it was so sad this whole episode. It's like this dude is getting fucked with from the very begin the very first scene, he's getting bossed around by a smart guy who's like, Man, sucks you're dumb, you dummy. And then at the end he's taken away, no one listens. Like when Mulder is trying to explain it and Scully has that same thing where no one's gonna listen to you when you keep talking crazy shit, Mulder. And then in the end, uh, it, a mentally challenged person gets taken away because yeah. he was being used by someone else, discarded by society. <sighs> Again. Yeah, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the, the fucked up shit about it. It's like, you know, you don't respect your own brother enough to let him have his autonomy. You've got to, like, use your crazy frozen brain powers to... to and I, get, I, I guess they were trying to play off the whole twin, psychic twins thing, which, you know, they did that with, with the Eves. <laughs> and they'll do it again in yeah. Kalasari. Yeah, they'll do that again. The, the psychic, uh, psychic twins and stuff like that. I don't know. We've we've known a few twins. <laughs> I I have nieces who are twins, and I don't really think that they have a psychic link at all. If they did, dear God. <laughs> the other thing is that like there's this explanation that bothers me uh, that Scully gives, which is you know uh, there's a genetic abnormality. They're identical twins. And one of them was born smart and the other one wasn't. It doesn't work that way. Um, there's this explanation and it's like, oh, it's just generic retardation. But that's not how this works. But they didn't they didn't they didn't tie this one in a bow at the end with anything no, uh, it's... that was X fileable other than Scully's lip bite at the end where she like kind of buys into whatever it was Mulder was saying. Yeah, that or she was just picking her battles again. I think she was choosing battles. Well, I think that it's a weird kind of, uh, it, it's like, this is a conviction, but a conviction uh, for what, plagiarism? Because the deaths aren't on uh, Nalette's hands, but he did admit to stealing Grable's work. I don't know if that, if that sort of leads to him killing, having kill, killed Grable or if that was... Was it recorded on paper? at all anywhere or yeah, is no, he the just, ultimate he, all he did was ex- was admit it to Roland right so ultimately he's still going to get his name on this work well and ultimately that's what's going to happen it's still it, yeah. it doesn't it has a downer inning and uh, it just big downer because they still haven't fixed the safety mechanisms in that in that tube and I bet they haven't even cleaned off the blood spray they just want to meet that goal no, this is those damn scientists this is science gone too far man <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, this is corporations at their worst. I mean, they don't care about the littlest of little men, you know? But they're not even a corporation. They're at a state college. So, Oh, that was a college? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're backed by investors, investors who want, you know, yeah, it, the information. It, it, again, season one, insanely stupid. The redeeming uh, scene was when uh, they were carting Roland off and his girlfriend was there and she says, I love you. And he does the uh, uh, Han Solo scene. And he's just, I know. (laughs) They say you have to go away now. All right. So, yeah, this was better than the last episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, The the premise was at least interesting, if not kind of... If not, it, it, I, I, it really just felt bad for Roland the whole time. Yeah, he didn't want to kill. He didn't want to kill anybody. 
this one was X-Filey as fuck, though, if you think about it. Like, there was a crazy telepathy that we as viewers knew was happening. Regardless of whether Mulder can prove it or Scully believes it, the viewer is seeing all of this, and it's for sure, like, there's no way Roland was doing any of that if the brain wasn't a part of it. So I think that's what they were trying to sell us on, and I think I, I at least bought that. Yeah. The devil's on the in the details on this episode, and the details are really about the treatment of mental retardation about people with um, uh, intellectual disabilities, about this kind of thing that they that it sort of just felt kind of slapdashed over. And I think that's what a lot of what bar- bothered you, right, Shannon? I know I say a lot about what I don't like about this show, and I just, I'm a big fan. I, I've been a fan for years. I hate this episode. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I don't like it now. And I certainly don't like it now after working for years in this field. And I just, I hate it. There's a lot that's taken for granted. There's a a lot of overthrow. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, you get to a uh, theme there. A little bit more research could have been done well. A little bit more research and a little bit wouldn't have hurt the episode. Well, it's like I knew they didn't research it when Scully's talking about, oh, there must have been a genetic abnormality while they were gestating. And if they're identical twins, wouldn't both of them have that? Um, Hmm. Because that's, that's the thing. You can't have one identical twin who is affected by disability and the other one be fine. If it's genetic. If it's a genetic. Has there, so there's no history of any Siamese twins where one is got like a mental retardation while the other does not? Because that would be interesting. Not due to... Not due to genetics. But like you can have one with cerebral palsy. Due to hypoxia, right? Because... Because what they think the common idea of where cerebral palsy comes from is when the child's brain gets starved of oxygen while in utero. See, I've never I've never thought of people with cerebral palsy as someone with mental retardation other than the fact that they're like a neural retardation. Because yeah. I've met people who are completely uh, mentally and it, mentally there. They just can't walk across the room properly. And it depends they on the severity right. of it. It can be just that or it can be severe and profound. How about this? So how many TV series in the 90s were putting uh, mentally challenged people on on uh, on their screen for 45 minutes at a time? There was one. It's really more common now because uh oh for sure yeah ryan murphy we normalize everything now it's but but i mean back in the 90s when you saw that anything like this it was you know there is one that i can remember i don't remember the name of it but there was one that had a uh, down syndrome child in it uh, marissa you were telling me that the guy who played roland oh, actually has kind of a horror movie pedigree i don't know oh, everything but he's been he's been like a, a bit part in a lot of things. But what I remember him from is uh, True Blood. Oh, he's fantastic! Yeah, Zalchiko Ivanovnik. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> he's an incomprehensible European name. Just call him Josh. <laughs> I, I feel like he's the only out of everybody, including the people who wrote and filmed this episode, and, and David Duchovny and Julian, maybe not Julian Anderson. He, the pe- person who played Roland, is the only one who handled the part well. Uh, let's just call him Ted, and he's been in quite a few things. He was in Seven Psychopaths. Uh, he was in recently uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, he's in in Bruges. He was Leslie and Leland. Goins in uh, 12 Monkeys, which we should maybe watch. That's a great show. Oh, right. That's what he's mm. from, too. He that was movie is so the Magister good. in True Blood. 
He was the uh, military advisor in uh, Heroes after they he started was carting Pender people in away. Hmm. I don't remember him in Argo. That's weird. He was also in The Mentalist, Damages, Big Love. Yeah, he was Emil Danko uh, in Heroes. Yeah. He plays a good bad guy, though. Like, he's, like, got that serious face, <gasps> like, I ain't fucking taking shit. We're getting it done. And it was interesting to see him in this in this role because he was, like, if I if I didn't know better, I would have said, you know, he's got issues, you know? I, I'm not saying anything about the performance. I think that was one of the most excellent performances that I've seen on right, in that regard. Right. I just think it's, like, maybe spend 10 minutes, do some research. And to be fair, I kind of live in a household where we're a little more aware of things like that. We can still recognize that X-Files was one of the first series in the 90s to um, uh, go full retard. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Never go full retard. Never go full retard. And the thing is that you're also coming out of a time where Rain Man was just all over the place, too. That's another kind of thing that sort of plays into that, because there's also savantism there. Before we get to our ratings, it's time for the dissemination of the information. Uh, first off... <laughs> Uh, let's do the medicinal mass network stuff first. We also host a podcast called The Adventures of Todd and Shannon, which is available on the medicinal mass network at medicinalmass.com. And Valentine's going to tell you all about it. Yeah, it's this little network that I set up back when I didn't even do drugs. And it was about how people should be uh, okay to smoke pot. That's what it's about. Go there, listen to things that are cool. <laughs> medicinalmass.com. <laughs> right. Love uh, us. Mini podcast. <laughs> mini podcast available on all of the podcasting media. And Shannon is yes. a writer of fine books. I am. And you can find those books at schuffwrites.com or on the Amazon. Uh, I need to update the store because it doesn't have book three yet, or at least at the time of this recording. And uh, there is also a children's book out. And there are other projects. Mmm. Mm. So, yes. Other than that, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there there may be something coming as a as sort of a uh, a joint project of two or more people. A joint on this podcast. project. I joint. love joints. <laughs> it's a joint. I did, and we will also be doing some conventions. Uh, we will be at uh, Mysticon, uh, February twenty third through the twenty fourth in Roanoke, Virginia. We'll be in Lexington, Kentucky, at the Lexington Toy and Comic Con on March 9th through the eleventh. And we will be at AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C., March 30th through April 1st. And then we're going to Disney, so I don't want to hear, hear from you people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be riding the fucking teacups. Okay, here's the thing, listeners. If you stop us at Disneyland, I will sell you a book, and then I will be mad that you interrupted my vacation. <laughs> okay, I'll give me your money, but give me fuck your money, you, but give fuck me your you. Money. <laughs> yeah. Let's all take a selfie beside the purple wall near Tomorrowland there. Tomorrow yeah, like and subscribe to our Facebook page to see live videos of that. <laughs> you guys are gonna stream from there, right? right? We're gonna do some. We're gonna do something from Disneyland. What, what Disney World? We don't know yet. We don't know exactly how what form that's gonna take. But um, uh, you have uh, to. Scully's a Disney princess now. Yeah. That's true. She is, and even Julian Anderson what? acknowledged that. So we're gonna have to. All right, uh, time to give the ratings for this episode of Roland, and I am going to give this one. Four distinct handwriting styles on a whiteboard. <laughs> Shannon? I'm going to give this a quiet moment in its room to de-escalate and three milligrams of Thorazine. Okay. <laughs> Marissa? I'm going to give this three frozen pieces of human matter out of 
countless pieces of human matter. Ew. <laughs> and Valentine? Yeah. I'll give this one three purposefully taken handicap spots out of five by someone who didn't need the handicap spots. Oh. And just going oh. in real quick you know those milk. fucking doctors did that shit, right? You know that. <laughs> There's like the, the doctor that fucked with it, that, that browbeat him for the key card thing. He feels good every morning when he does that. He's like, I hope he's at the door trying to get in when I get there because I feel so superior when I walk up to him and tell him how dumb he is, how he can't figure out how to open a fucking door. <laughs> what a fucking oh. fuck that guy. I don't know how I get through my week if I couldn't do that to that little person. <sighs> how did none of them catch that Roland looked like their counterpart? Arthur? Yeah. That dude kept up that sweet fucking beard the oh, whole time. Oh, that is time. true. That beard is pretty fucking righteous. And the episode's over. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Tune in next week. Now you want to? Now you want to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> I know it just occurred to me. Okay. Tune in next week. The season finale. Carry on my wayward son. No, wrong show. Oh, oh damn it. shit. <laughs> There may be some Kansas involved, though. All right, we'll talk to you in a... We'll, we'll see you next week for the Erlenmeyer Flask. Until then... I'm Todd. She's Shannon. She's Marissa, and he's Valentine. This has been the FBI Basement, and we're saying goodbye to you, and, and remember, the truth is out there. Wait, who's Marissa? Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. I can't wait to take a giant dump on how Mulder has a terrible way of handling people with developmental um, disabilities when they're having a panic attack. He's just kind of like slapping and grabbing at this guy. Calm down! (laughs) Mulder is great. First adult with shaken babies. What I like, and we'll get to it, we'll get to it in that moment. I like that Roland just doesn't fucking deck Mulder when he knocks over the stars. Okay, hold on. Let's get to that. All right. All right, we're good. We're good. All right. We're good. We ready? Mm-hmm. Are we ready? Uh, adult baby shaking. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> baby baby. <laughs>